I change it quick? Can we talk about the St. Louis Colorado game? Yeah. Or do you not please. want to? Because <laughs> that was another classic that I was just going to touch on that one. Um, yeah, you wanted to hit it? Because I, I honestly just saw the highlights. I, I was like working that night, but it killed me when I saw what happened. I have I no I idea what you're talking about. I have no about. idea what you're talking about either. <laughs> it was the, oh, Bennington. What was the Colorado? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, okay, it's their okay. only loss of the season. <laughs> Jesus, guy. Five and one. And yeah, Bennington like, up to his old shit. Like, I don't even know what happened. Like, did Kadri run the net? Like, he, like, he comes out and swings his stick at him. Like, I don't know. It was the same. I'm watching the same thing I watched last time. You fully brought up a point, then it's chucked Bennington. it to me, and I had no idea. That, no, you could go with that. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hoser's Panel. I'm one of your hosts, T. Croaks, Tyler Croakman. I'm here with Mike and Taylor. And we we're here to break down another two weeks this time of uh, of the hockey world, and it was a crazy one. Um, how's, how you how you doing, guys? Pardon me. <clears throat> yeah, doing good. It was a uh, you know a, a couple different factors played into the fact that we didn't record last week. You know, we were super busy uh, with our own personal lives, but also uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is the the Chicago and uh, everything that went down with the Blackhawks organization. And everything we were basically just getting initial reports when we were planning on recording, so we kind of wanted to. To wait the extra week, let everything, you know, finalize, get all the facts and the situations and the repercussions out so we can dive fully into it instead of talking about it on a Sunday or Monday and then having it all come out on Tuesday and then our podcast is automatically behind. Yeah, yeah let, let the dust settle a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. hey, how's it going, cool. buddy? Oh, it's going. Welcome uh, back. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, great work last week, guys. I'm I'm impressed with, with how you did and carry the ship and i uh, appreciate it and sorry i wasn't here uh but we're we're going we're yeah, i missed it good to have you back all that matters. Yeah. um nice. yeah i think we can jump straight to the chicago thing yeah it's pretty fair um you know we, we like to have jokes and and be entertaining and have fun but uh you know there's sometimes things come up where you it's hard i mean it, it's hard to put uh any entertaining spin on it uh just tough situation all around for uh, you know, one guy in particular, a couple of people also involved, but, um, if you didn't know, just a quick kind of recap. So, uh, Aviv, I believe the investigation started this summer into allegations of sexual abuse towards a Chicago Blackhawks player in May of 2010, as they were on their way, basically to the Stanley cup, they ended up winning, um, the sexual assault allegations came from the player towards their, I believe, video coach, or a, mm-hmm, I believe so. Yeah, something video, like that. Video yeah, coach. yeah. Um, not gonna say his name. He's complete scum. Doesn't deserve any shit like that. Um, but yeah, so sexual allegations or you know sexual assault in in May of 2010, and essentially everybody in the Chicago organization covered it up until the investigation showed that it happened and what they all did. Um, yeah. I don't know if we'll talk about it too much, but I do not believe the Blackhawks owners knew anything. So yeah. I don't think it's anything in forcing them to like sell the team or anything. I don't think it even got to them. I believe like it was just all management that like really covered the tracks. We'll go into it, but yeah, the ownership didn't seem to know anything, but, uh, yeah. So basically the investigation came out at the beginning of last week. And it just it hit the hockey world like a absolute hammer. It revealed so many people that had 
previously said that they knew nothing about it or they just knew about it based on the, uh, you know, the beginning of the investigation, things like that. How deep of a fucking nightmare this thing was to cover up and how many people played a hand in this and just how disgraceful it was that not one person like stood up and then kind of wrapping it all up the the player who had previously gone in as john doe kind of hiding their identity did come out and had an extremely impactful interview with tsn's like head investigative reporter rick westhead um it was kyle beach who was a part of the organization for a short time obviously this kind of events essentially derailed his career as you can kind of expect but yeah as like a bit of a backstory he was drafted by chicago was playing in the chl um and then in 2010 as a 20 year old i believe he got called up to the blackhawks to essentially be a black ace you know in the playoffs the roster's you don't have any caps, so you can bring up a bunch of guys in case, you know, injuries come up. So uh, Black Aces are basically practicing with the team with really not much intent of of um, actually playing in the games. And that's obviously when it all occurred. He was there for, I don't even know, like a week or two. Like, just horrible shit. And uh, just a, a coach that fully took their power over players and just really... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, took advantage of of um, power dynamic. The power dynamic, yeah, thank you. The power dynamic that that a coach has over like a 20 year old kid who, who you know, he's just trying to. It's his first ever experience in the NHL. You know, you, you see guys who are signed in free agency at like 30 years old and they stay quiet in a locker room for four months because they're just trying to understand the room. This kid's it's his first ever experience in the NHL dressing room or anything like that. Um, and then, you know, the investigation kind of falled out and, and and detailed everything that went into it, but also how this video coach was then, I don't want to say fired, because he was fired in, in that offseason, but very less harsh, as you'd expect. The guy got a fucking letter of recommendation from then... Chicago coach Joe Quenville to basically go wherever like anything that he was he was looking to be hired to is he got a letter of recommendation of how great he was and if Joel Quenville did not know about this then I mean it's fair that you know if you don't know anything that happened uh, and previously Joel Quenville had stated he knew nothing about it until this uh this past off season when the investigation came into light that's basically been the statement for every single person um anybody in the Chicago blackhawks organization said they'd never heard about it um basically just trying to save face and it turns out that everybody knew about it the initial meeting was held in joel quenville's office uh so in the office was obviously himself uh joel quenville Stan Bowman, who is the GM of the Blackhawks up until a couple days ago. Uh, John McDonough, who is the president and CEO of the Blackhawks. And Al McIsaac of the senior v, uh, sorry, senior vice president, who also was uh, released from his job a couple days ago, basically with Bowman. Um, so yeah, essentially those are the core four who basically, or at least it looks like, um, 
hid everything, was planning on going to the grave with that. And basically the only reasoning was that they didn't want this as a distraction to win a shiny piece of metal. Yeah. Which, you know, hockey's important for a lot of people. Hockey is not this important. Um, to to basically have this shit happen to a, a player of your team who's, you know, you're supposed to be looking after these kids. The, these, the, these kids are, one, they're your employees, but they're also, you know, they're essentially supposed to be family. And to essentially chuck the... I don't want to say needs, but the um, the importance of a human being just out the window. Yeah. Because you do not want this to be... You don't want this to impact your Stanley Cup run. Or you don't want it to be a distraction in the media. Or anything, like anything in between. Like, it, it's so fucking... It's rotten. It, it's rotten. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's disgraceful. It's so many things. And the fact that it took 11 years to come out and kind of for for Kyle Beach to, I don't know. It's not closure, you know. It's not because he no. still has a lot of legal battles because all this shit's happened. But um, to be at least able to tell his story and not have any doubters or naysayers is great. I mean, obviously this investigation was great. It was much needed. It was very important to to take to take full effect of what happened. But there's still like, even this in the in July or June, or whenever it was the Blackhawks organization fully said, there's nothing meritable about this claim. There's nothing like that. And it's just, there's just so much lies and so much deceit and shit. We got a lot to unpack. Cause yeah. I am fucking so, I'm literally shaking right now, just speaking about it. And I, it's a disgrace to the game of hockey. There's a lot of good people in hockey, but there's obviously a lot of bad people in hockey. Um, and then the fact that this guy, which we, you know, Joel Quenville said was an outstanding person. Anybody would be lucky to hire him as he knew about these allegations. You know, there's one thing to hide it and, you know, put it to the side until the off season. That is a hundred percent not what I'm saying to do, and 100% still very, very disappointing if they did that. Yeah. But if they were to, like, then come out in the offseason and, and, you know, be like, okay, here's what happened. Like, let's do a full investigation, figure out what's going on, like, all this different shit. It would not have been ideal, and it would not have been preferred, but it's a hell of a lot better than fucking bending it to the side for 11 years until you're forced to talk about it. Yeah, and also giving this scumbag a letter of recommendation. Yes, which then he moved on and sexually assaulted a 16-year-old kid at the time in, I believe, Minnesota High School or something like yeah. that. Somewhere around there, yeah. Um, it's gut-wrenching. Like, like yeah. if, you, if you haven't listened or watched the Kyle Beach with Rick, West, West, uh, Rick Westhead interview, it's about 30 minutes. It's on TSN. Uh, you can find it on their website. Kyle Beach is bawling his eyes out, apologizing to this kid because it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so gut-wrenching that he is the only person, let's say this, every single person involved 
has released a statement. Yeah. Kyle Beach is the only one who's apologized to this other kid that happened. And Kyle Beach is not the one to be apologizing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Rick Westhead, incredible job. He brought a lot of this to light. And there was a, a few other people within Chicago that have kind of helped bring it to light. So those people are very much appreciated. And obviously mm-hmm. to Kyle, he, he mentioned all of them as well. I don't know where I was going with this. I can't remember my thought. I'm literally shaking and I'm going to slim my words a lot because yeah. it's very sad. And it's, like I said, it's probably my favorite word of the podcast, but it's gut-wrenching. Yeah. Super, super disheartening uh, to like read about. It's been a really, really, really tough week for, I think, the hockey community um, and like just everybody in general that it follows anything to do with hockey. Um, I think... I mean, we'll get into this, uh, I think, in a little bit more depth as we kind of get over the initial reaction slash um, sharing what, what's happened or what's come out of it. But the, the biggest disappointments are, I would say, how the league has handled um, all of the allegations and, and uh, everything that are, sorry, everything that's going on with the people still involved in the game that were involved then. Um Mark Lazarus, he's a he's a an athletic reporter that covers the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, when the uh, investigation started, immediately his first thing was um, take take Bowman out and and suspend him until the investigation's over. Like he should not be a general manager of the team until no. we know what's going on with this team. Um, and <clears throat> I think like that would have been the right call. However, they let him continue his work through the off season through through the summer uh and then like look what happened obviously he he stepped away which is bullshit um he should have been fired or he should have been uh got what was coming to him but they let him leave on his his own terms technically um and then same with uh quenville um like the initial report that came out uh, in the last couple of days, it was the first we'd heard that Quenville was involved mm-hmm. uh, and that he knew about it. And so obviously during the summer, you can't do anything. But that night or the next night or whatever. It was Wednesday. It came out on Monday and he was coaching behind the bench on Wednesday. Wednesday. Because he had a meeting with Gary Bettman in New York on Thursday. Thursday, yeah. So they let him coach a hockey game after all of these allegations came out. And I just, honestly, I just think like that right there shows you that the NHL doesn't really care. Like they, they don't no. care enough. They, they don't know. They don't, they're doing what they think is right, but really like they still have so much to learn about the culture that is mental health and the culture that is around sexual abuse and the, the culture that is around t- like really taking care of people and, and putting people first because to a lot of these uh, old boys club people that are involved in hockey, it's not. It has nothing to do with the people. It has nothing to do with the players. It has everything to do with winning the cup and making the most money and selling the most tickets. And uh, yeah, it's it's really really disappointing. It's really embarrassing to be a fan of hockey. Like we I've, we I've been talking about it all week um, with our buddy Liam who is on uh, for the trivia episode. And, like, it really just makes you question your fandom. Like, it really makes me question, like, why am I supporting a league that doesn't treat the people in it 
the way that they should be like like fucking human beings like i'm really glad you said that imagine being a chicago fan man that was one of the first things i thought when i watched that beach interview i was like if this was my team like i don't think i could follow them anymore like it might it might have ruined hockey for me and i'm sure for a lot of people they're they're right there especially fans of chicago who hit who hit hard and and yeah this is one of the darkest things i ever heard like in hockey yeah. it's it's right of the people someone doing something to someone else like a, a man-on-man like incident like something like that it's it's is it's so many people against the little guy and for so yeah. long and yeah it's well, you know that's... what like i looked up to this to that dynasty too like as, as a little guy the Kane and taves and and quentin q like all of them like they were impactful they were all over the hockey when i was a kid and like yeah it's it's dark and creepy and, and eerie yeah. shit yeah, yeah. Let's, we can start with Quenville. Um, so, like you said, we, he, he came out and said he didn't know about it until the summer when the investigation started. Uh, that was obviously a lie. <laughs> the It came out on Monday. He coached Monday. Uh, post-game press conference on Monday, he still defended that he knew nothing about it. Yeah. Even though the documents were all out saying it happened in his office. And it's not just like one person saying that. This investigation investigated so many people like i think almost all of the roster from that season two-thirds of the black aces a ton of management people like a bunch of people from the organization it's not like it was just uh he said she said story like this is bona fide facts i got really scared when all the people all the names of the players started coming out it was like well i think oh this guy said everyone on the team knew and then this guy is agreeing and that's when i I was like that too yeah totally shook sorry Um, but yeah so quenville um defended that he knew nothing about it on monday obviously we said he coached wednesday had the meeting with gary bettman and then essentially quit the one okay i was gonna say the thing that pisses me off but there is about 85 things that piss me off about this. really grinds my gears. Yeah. Zero people were fired because of this. All of them were given the common courtesy to quit their jobs and not be fucking fired, to have their face in the limelight of being canned. They all got to be graciously walk away, separated. Like they they argued on some stupid thing, and you know what? I'm going to take it a different way. Like these people... Did the most like heinous shit besides the actual act that like you could even imagine you're you're a 20 year old kid who are you gonna go to that this happened and none of them have your back zero like zero people gave a shit about you for a millisecond they shoved it under the rug now another thing quinville uh, basically all for him he should not oh yeah uh, just <laughs> final thoughts about him uh he should not be in the league anymore ever he should not be allowed to make the hockey hall of fame uh i think he's total crap of the earth there's nothing there's nothing he can say that can defend this decision to essentially give up on a human to give two shits about a guy who just had the worst thing in his life ever happened to him and you're saying you know what we got St. Louis on Thursday. I need to focus on that or whoever the fuck they were playing, but whatever, let's just say. It is complete garbage, and I think he shouldn't be allowed anywhere. I don't think the Hockey Hall of Fame, any coaching job, anything involving hockey, I don't think he deserves anything. Because obviously he has no acceptance 
when he literally lied again on Monday, the day it came out. It might have actually been a, a practice conf- uh, practice press conference. I don't think they had a game. But either way, just lying after the investigation has come out shows zero remorse that anything you did or anything you caused had any harm in whatever occurred. Yeah, I, I believe... I believe he said he he talked to the NHLPA beach and he said uh, something about like when, when they just cut him off, didn't they? they like he, he said I talked to them and they said they were gonna look into the investigation or something like that, and then and then he said then I didn't hear from them ever again. Like just yeah. like they didn't talk to me a single time after yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, we can move to the NHLPA right now because fuck them. Uh, fuck Donald Fear, who's the leader of the PA for I don't even know how long. He's old, so probably like thirty years. Um. Kyle Beach, I believe, went to a doctor at the NHLPA. Like, uh, I don't know if it was an actual doctor or like a um, like a psychologist doctor. Um, and also, word got to Donald Fear, and nothing happened. Now, this is the NHL Players Association. The guy that the guy that represents the that players. You literally represents Fuck. you, and he doesn't give a shit about it. He doesn't do anything about it. How can this man, one, have a job still, and two, be trusted to keep anything going? Like, if, if he's only there for, oh, you know, I need to, I need a bit more financial advice, or, you know, let's, let's just, let's, let's go over, like, labor disputes and the CBA and stuff. Like, if that's what he's there for, like, great, but there's way bigger things that could come up and have come up, obviously, that he takes zero action and still zero responsibility for. He came out today. It came out about an hour and a half ago. Uh, NHLPA statement following the executive board meeting. They had a meeting. On the NHLPA's executive board call today, Don Fear, the guy who fucking covered everything up from the PA side, uh, recommended that an independent investigation be commenced by outside legal counsel in order to review the NHLPA's response to the Kyle Beach matter. The executive board is currently voting on this matter. So one, it's not even a fucking thing he recommended it to be voted on. And two, we've already got exactly what the fuck you did and didn't do in this investigation. That's asking for a second opinion, basically? It's essentially asking for a second opinion to say, I did nothing wrong, even though I was told about it. And you are listed by name by Kyle Beach. Like, what? (sighs) Heinous. How the fuck does this guy still have a job? It's so stupid. You think this keeps going? Like, this is still pretty early. It is early on. We had the Chicago Blackhawks. We can probably jump to them next. Sorry to cut you off. Um, The Chicago Blackhawks came out with their statement saying, thank you so much, Kyle Beach, for, for, for speaking out. And I don't think they apologized to him. If they did, they chucked it in a PR way that it either blamed old management or the management were young. Or some shit like that that PR always do to make it not about them. And instantly the next day, they filed to release their lawsuit against him. Because the they still take no action. So publicly they said, oh man, thanks for speaking out. Behind, he said, he's still a fucking liar. There's nothing against us here. And it goes with the other, right. the 16-year-old uh, claim as well. Because it's essentially, I believe, if not the same lawsuit and everything like that, they're very concurrent right now so to this day no one's on like no one's owned up to this 
Like, technically, uh, well, they, not, 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 who said that they did it? That kind they of have now, based on they've, like, quit and stuff. And they right, say, okay. oh, I wish, I wish, you know, we, we could have done something a bit better back in the day. Uh, it's horseshit, obviously. They're saying right. that because now they've been caught. You've had 11 years to decipher this. To, and yeah, and just, it just happened right. now that you thought, mm, maybe I should have done something about it. Uh, it's complete horseshit. I don't trust anything that any of these guys will say, like, again. Like, how can you? No. Um, we can jump to Stan Bowman now. If I must say, you got uh, anything to say about the Donald Fear Quinville or? Oh man, no, no, you guys nailed it. It's fine. Okay, cool. I'm trying to chime a little, but yeah, Mike, you're doing a really good job. Go ahead. Just letting off all my steam. Um, yeah, I love it. Oh, it's all good. Uh, Stan it. Bowman next. So yeah, obviously Stan Bowman, uh, the GM. And uh, see, it's hard to say like who had the most impact on like what happened and everything. So that part's kind of hard to say, but he's the GM of the fucking team. Uh, yes. Well, I was going to say like, uh, it's tough to say who had the most impact and uh, everybody that has been a part of this ha- is kind of like putting it on John McDonough because a, he's, he wasn't currently with the team. He had left the team a few yep. years ago. Yep. So it's easy to it's blame somebody. Easiest thing. Yep. Who's not there. Uh, and B, obviously, yeah, they don't want to take responsibility for themselves um, or for it themselves. But my biggest thing is like it doesn't matter who doesn't matter who was responsible or who made the decision to shut it all down or keep it quiet. You all if are. it's if yeah, exactly. If you know about it, like this is this is the opportunity to step on your higher ups toes and be like, this is not right. Yep. We need to change something about it. So every single person that knew about it, regardless of their position, regardless of the hierarchy, doesn't matter if they fucking uh, were the fucking towel boy or the fucking stick boy and they knew about it. They should have said something and they yep. should have like done everything that they could to bring this to, to light in fucking 2010, not yeah. 2021, 11 fucking years later. Yeah. And it, I it hope this like... is eating their conscience. And when this came out, they really shit their fucking pants. And I, I hope, hope they, so. I hope they're eating it every day on the couch right now because yeah, they don't deserve that's what shit. Should, should be happening. This is awful. Yeah. yeah. And last thing about Quinville, he 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 said in his statement, he's like, I gotta, you know, I gotta step away from the game of hockey and, and you know really reflect and shit like that. You you've had eleven years to reflect, do anything right by this kid, and you haven't. Like you're not changing. You're saying that as a PR move, and bullshit the rest of it. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but yeah, so Stan Bowman, and yeah, one last thing. Uh, God, I keep saying it, but like I said, it's all good. I'm fucking Go shaking and going off of wherever my brain's going. Um, <laughs> it's not like this meeting was like the head coach, the GM, the assistant equipment boy, and the president. Like, you know, like it was all very high up people in the organization. Yeah. And, and guess what? If there was somebody that had a minor role, uh, in the organization that happened to know about this or whatever. The media is a beautiful thing. You go out to totally. anybody. It's not like, oh, I had to stay within my organization to report this or whatever. You yeah. can report it to literally anybody. Yeah. And you say you say it once and then all of a sudden there's an investigation. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter like the title you have or, or how much power you have in that organization. It was so purposely hidden and covered yeah. up and for like I don't I mean this in the complete opposite way but it was executed very well. Yeah. You know, it is just, it's so deliberate of an act that it, it's almost like, it's crazy to fathom that, that people did this. Yeah. Um, I agree. But yeah. So Stan Bowman, the next one up, 
obviously the GM and denied it essentially until he was he until he quit because you know he was obviously given that gracious uh, act of being able to quit and not fucking kicked out the door. Yeah. Um, but there's like I keep coming back to this PR nightmare because all these statements are so PR driven bullshit. Uh, I did a huge Twitter rant on it uh, when it first came out, like breaking down like a. 200 like a hundred word statement into like a thousand words of my own yeah uh, i don't i don't regret it obviously but um you know it's it, it's all everything that gets released out to the media is to minimize their impact and to some statements are very much putting the victim on themselves and you know like and saying oh how could i do anything different or you know i'm gonna blame john mcdonough or, you know it's anything to steer the blame away from them and the other part is to minimize all blame. So uh, I believe it was, oh, it was the uh, Blackhawk CEO, Danny Wentz, uh, released a statement uh, probably through his $200,000 PR team about Stan Bowman. And they just like instantly talked about how, like instantly just chucked in there that it was his first year as GM, instantly trying to be like, oh, you know, he's new to this. He, 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 yeah. he, he doesn't know what to do. Um, Meanwhile, he had been the assistant general manager for the last fucking nine years or whatever it was. Yeah, and this this is not a rookie GM mistake. It's not oh, I accidentally traded a first for a <laughs> for a guy who was going to play in our third line or something. This yeah. is fucking sexual assault for yeah. a player. You're not eight years old running this team. You're a grown fucking man. You should know exactly what you're doing. And yeah. to say that to to minimize it to the fact that he's a, a rookie GM. He wasn't a rookie GM this year. Still no. didn't say anything. You're still yeah. a fucking person. This isn't yeah, really about hockey, man. Exactly. Like, it's it's, it's not like ethical uh, thing. It's it's not like this came out and then everybody forgot about it. You don't forget about this shit. And obviously yeah. they don't now because they know exactly what happened. So the fact that you put it on like rookie mistakes or um oh yeah, that was another thing. They called it a mistake. This is not a mistake. It's a deliberate fucking cover up. A, a cover up and basically execution of a kid's career in life yeah yeah like the, you, you cannot call this a mistake oops oopsie daisy accidentally you know i drove missed, through misplaced. a red light like fuck <laughs> off misplaced the paperwork to yeah. file the report like no that's not, yeah, that another doesn't... thing can't find his hr reports can't find anything about the kid that's Oops. Isn't that yeah? That that just came out, didn't yep. it? That, that yeah. they, they're trying to aren't they looking into if it got deleted? They yeah. said that that should be traceable. Yeah, they're trying yeah, to figure out like what happened because it's it's been deleted. Uh, it's so it's fucking, that's how fucking ugly and yeah. messy this is. Like and, that's how messy this is. We gotta yeah. we gotta dive into did they delete their fucking homeworks? We can't yeah. check it. Like and geez. and the next like couple lines in the statement goes on with, um, yeah, he made a mistake. Um, you know, but he ext- he exhibited extreme professionalism and integrity during the investigation. Like, I don't fucking care if he was the most yeah, pump nice. His tires. I, don't, I don't know if he brought the like, investigator a cup of coffee. I don't give two shits. Yeah. What the fuck he did? This is yeah. about what happened during the investigation, not like the <laughs> assessment of the investigation. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's like, oh my god. Fucking yeah, he fucking went and just like ruined this kid's life for the next fucking. 11 years obviously it looks like kyle beach is doing really well i wanted to say that uh, obviously he's still gonna struggle and, and yeah. what have you but i want to say like just the bravery from him to come out and, and speak 
Yeah, it is. It's it's so um, admirable, I think, yeah. and it's really, 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 really sad and unfortunate and stupid and um, unnecessary what happened to him and or and just like how it happened too. Uh, obviously, um, there's only one person to blame for for what specifically happened to yes. him. Um, but for how long it went, um, untalked about and for how long it was buried, there's a lot of people to blame. Um, but for him to, to come out and really bring this to light, I, I couldn't imagine how hard that is. Um, and so I just wanted to say, yeah, like kudos to him, but yes. And I mean, like this guy, I believe it was either the 10th or 11th overall pick. Yeah. Um, and he basically had his NHL career ruined at the age of 20. Yeah. Like this is not something you just set and forget about oh this happened i'm gonna take six months and i'll be fine after that like he's now playing in the german third league um which i'm I'm happy he's still playing hockey but like what could have been if if nothing happened or even if action was happened right away maybe he gets you know the you know there's i don't want to say closure because obviously it's going to affect you for longer uh and you know it'll always be a part of your life but let's say the the case coming out and essentially being closed is 60% closure. Yeah. Like he's had no closure for 11 years and just always having this weigh on him with essentially nobody trusting him, nobody believing in him and nobody doing any action about it that would cause otherwise. And he hits that, like I said, 60% quote unquote, uh, 11 years later when he's now 32 years older. Um, Instead of, let's say, he hits that in the off-season, that happens. You know, the guy gets fired, they go to an investigation, they realize what happened, they release everything. Maybe he hits 50% before the next season or something like that. And maybe he has enough to to keep a career. Like, it just completely derailed his NHL career, which I'm sure he would much, obviously, happier to be out of the NHL and this not happen than to be over it and still in the NHL. Like, this is a it's a career and life altering occurrence. Yeah. But yeah. And, and Stan Bowman's a fucking piece of garbage. What same about, thing. Same. What yeah, about a shovel day off? Or is that my saying that oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You nailed yeah, it. He, he's next. Um, can I say was, one thing? Yep. Please. Uh, the year before this happened, Kyle beach played in the WHL for Spokane. Mm-hmm. He had 86 points in 68 games. Yeah. Not bad. Oh, speedy yeah. numbers. It's a top yeah. pick right there. Yeah, well, eleventh overall. Eleventh in, two, sorry, yeah. in two thousand eight. But yeah, it, like he was a good player. He, he wasn't. It wasn't he didn't like just forget he, how to play hockey. A dumb yeah. boy too. You gotta love him. Yeah, but yeah. You uh, could. Yeah. You can tell that it obviously affected his game. Unfortunately. But yeah, Stan Bowman. I think you know, same thing. He was. He was able to just quit. Essentially, he was relieved of his duties as the USA GM for the Olympics and replaced with uh, somebody who's also under investigation. So that's great. Great work by USA Hockey. Fucking Christ. It didn't go four days without them just chucking it right back in there. Yeah, dude. That's so bad. Um, we'll go Jeez. into that one if we ever get more details. Because I'm seeing conflicting reports online. And I don't really want to accuse somebody of something. That... Fair. So, Still, um, he's accused. He's, yeah, he's, he's, being... he's under investigation. That part, <laughs> <Yeah>. is, <laughs> that part is fact. Like, good like, work, USA Hockey. Yeah, holy shit. If you're gonna name him the guy, like at least make sure he's clear before an investigation's done. Don't yeah. just name. Oh God. Um, but yeah, Stan, Stan Bowman, piece of garbage as well. You know, common occurrence between these people. But yeah, Kevin Sheveldayov was the assistant GM 
in Chicago at the time, now the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, obviously would have known about it at somehow or like, you know, at some level, um, but was not in the initial meeting. But as you'll hear, as we keep talking about this, everybody in the Chicago organization knew about this. It was not a, these four people yeah, kept it in that room and lit the room on fire kind of thing. Um, so obviously he would have known about it at some point as the assistant GM, he also had a meeting with Gary Bettman, I believe, on the same Thursday. The fact that Gary Bettman can't fly down on a Tuesday to have that meeting, you're yeah. an Liter- hour liter- away and you're literally a fucking, your job. Yeah, you're the a commissioner of a league that's going on. You don't have any more important meetings, good sir. Yeah, yeah. Your budget can stay away, uh, stay a week. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. So the fact that, oh, it came up Monday, we're going to schedule it for Thursday. A joke. Um and yeah, so he had a meeting with uh, Gary Bettman, and he's good. Yeah, I, he was not declared as senior management, so therefore he can keep his job. Okay. Yeah, so but we go back to we go back to doesn't fucking matter if you're a stick boy or yeah. fucking vice president or. Fucking assistant Any GM. That's my the role problem. is the same. If you know what's going on, you need to fucking stand up and say something. And he that's didn't, what I like about this this team though. It's like it's that a few of those players, mostly smaller names, have came come forward and said, "Hey, look, like I like everybody knew, like, and they came out fast. Like all those, yeah. they, it was the first two or three days. I, I had I had three or four or five names of people that it sounded like we're all in in agreement said yo like the whole team knew it was not a secret yeah. blah, blah blah, and then what I read from people like Duncan Keith from people like like Kane and Taves is like nothing along the lines of you know what I mean like and it's weird just because I don't know like as a guy who grew up watching these guys and like I like like watching the team I realize the team at times I want to know what these guys are saying it's like that's what's disheartening me the most is it's like. The small names all came forward right away, or a bunch, a handful did, and like I think did the right thing, did something, and yeah, the rest yeah. kind of feel like they're kicking under the rug because they got the, you know, they got the fucking parade or whatever. Everybody really feels that way. Everybody that has nothing to lose has come out and told the truth. Yeah, uh, like a couple ex players. There we go. The players that are currently in the league are sorry that they got caught and not sorry for what happened. Yeah. And that's 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 where it gets me really really it, bad. Yeah, and I mean it's not just the players that are like that. All the GMs and yeah. you know, coaches and and everybody, the, every statement is the exact same thing. Sorry yeah. that we got caught. You gotta just not, not care. sorry for what happened. Yeah, they they all this reflection bullshit and everything. You've had all this time to reflect. Um, Dayov, I believe his initial statement was he did not know anything about it until just after departing the organization. Right, right. One, that's still a long time to fucking say anything there, Kevin. Yeah. And two, that seems odd that you'd hear about it as you left after, the organization. Yeah, after. Yeah. Like, you're leaving, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, we've swept this under the rug. Keep it quiet, it's in Winnipeg, thanks, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. When did he leave? That next year? Um, you, I don't know when he left. Like a long time after. Well, he's been in Winnipeg for a bit, yeah. so... That's what I thought. But yeah. could, I feel like maybe 2013 or something. Yeah, somewhere, uh, somewhere in 13 to 16 range, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best guess. Okay. I read 
I read a tweet earlier about Trevor Day off, and obviously, yeah, he was pres- present for the meeting with Kyle Beach. Um, did nothing. And then he yeah. was also in charge of Rockford when the Bill Peters and Akima Lou situation happened, mm. where, like, oh, Peters was... Yeah, and did nothing about it. And awesome. somehow this guy still is... Like, he was cleared. He's fine. He has a job in the NHL. So, like, what the fuck, man? Like, shit, give your head a shake. Rockford, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, like, it is so embarrassing. I fucking hate it. Anyways. I also on. like that uh, in the Blackhawk statement, um, they obviously said the then executives, because they just let the other ones quit, like, a day ago. Yeah. Um, but their also thing was, uh, like, the very last statement also brought up winning first. Yeah. So fucking ironic and just like the last Stupid. thing is the Blackhawks have implemented numerous changes and improvements within the organization, including a hiring a new leadership group. No fucking shit uh, that is committed to winning championships while also adhering to the highest ethical, professional and athletic standards. Yeah, it's so embarrassing, dude. Um, yeah, next. So, yeah, Chevy should also be fired once again. All the, it goes for all these guys. They should not have another job in hockey. They should be ineligible for anything that they're going into. Like, Stan Bowman should not be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I honestly wouldn't mind having his name X'd off the Stanley Cup. I was going to say, uh, are, are we... I don't mind any punishment that they have. Give them everything. That'd be the ultimate, man. Yeah, like that, good. Because that's, that's what they always wanted, yes, right? they have like... enough money. They don't need to coach. They're all fucking 50, 60. They've made millions. They don't need a job again. Fucking hit them where it hurts. The history books, get them off there. Like, and if you were the only people ever taken off for that too, like, yeah, then we like then then you'd be remembered for fuck. And yeah, the owners of the Blackhawks have asked to remove that uh, that coach from the Stanley Cup, which looks like it'll be accepted. That's good. not enough. But it's good. A it's a, it's it's a, a good start. start. Yeah, it's a start. Um, something. And it's something that they can do, so that's not a problem. But um, yeah, I think get rid of all those guys off the cup. Yeah, they don't deserve it. Yeah. They're, like, congrats, you built a team. But like, at what cost? Yeah, like holy fuck. Yeah, crazy. I mean, unfortunately, I I think if I'm honest, I think I disagree, um, and not because what these guys did was okay or uh, not or whatever. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, they did win the Stanley Cup. I think the oh, fair, fair, yeah. the video coach, a hundred percent, take his name off. He doesn't. 100%. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve to be anywhere but behind bars. Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't deserve anything, including breathing fresh air. Yeah, agreed. Um, And I would agree that the executives that buried this don't deserve to work in hockey anymore. Mm -hmm. I think uh, they, the act in burying it is just ridiculous. Uh, Unfair to the player, unfair to anybody that was affected by this person moving forward uh unfair to just a whole bunch of different people um however unfortunately they did win that year and i think you can't erase history unfortunately not fair yeah yeah i think there's some things in this as with a lot of things there's some things that obviously differing opinions are going to be there like that like yeah. this one uh, and then there's some things that just like you're 
like if you have a differing opinion you're just wrong like yeah. there's some things in this like in involving this that like it i will hear a lot of different opinions on a lot of different topics like some of these things in this investigation like are not one yeah like if if uh if you think like quinville should still be behind the bench or like whatever like it, you're just wrong like that yeah. there, there's no way to be that excusable um where we go next uh actually considering we're talking about quinville and shovel day off Bettman basically came out with a statement regarding these two and, and everything today. And the last, the, I mean, we've always talked about hockey being an old boys club and, you know, all the GMs are buddy, buddy. And that's one of the reasons why no offer sheets come out because they want to stay friends. And, yeah. and uh, there's a reason why in the past, like 30 years, there's been, 35 head coaches because they all just get passed along to each team and like you don't think there's a better coach anywhere in the world and gms assistant gms all this stuff it's a big boys club and it is very very adamant or very evident uh in this thing and this whole situation debacle Debacle. Um, what yeah. just how they all just cover each other and all yeah, each other's they, backs like, yeah it's it's all about you know the, the, the friends that they've got and and nobody else fucking matters and you know we we got to just make sure our buddy on the way out is still in a decent light mm-hmm. and gary bettman was talking about in his statement or in his press conference whatever it was um he was emphasizing how he didn't want quenville and shovel day off to step away too fast because he didn't want to have it seem like he was judging them too quick or that he wasn't, you know, Oh, he, um, yeah, he was, he literally said like, he doesn't want to be like too judged or too fast to judge or too quick to judge them. And it's like, really, you're going to emphasize, uh, to, to make sure that Quenville and Shovel Dayoff knew you weren't being unfair to them. Like that's, that's what's important here like are you fucking serious their feelings don't matter anymore their feelings can go fucking kick rocks (laughs) yeah agreed in my my opinion they have essentially no emotion no moral compass no nothing uh, for any of this but yeah that's basically the end of that one we probably move to the players i think is Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we can go to the players. Um, so, yeah, like Ty said, a lot of the guys, when it first came out, um, a lot of guys who are no longer in the league. Uh, I can't remember the other one, but Brent Sopel was a very loud voice and kind of backed up uh, John Doe at the Times, claims, Kyle Beach now, uh, of, of how everybody knew about it, and it was essentially covered up, and uh, Brent Sopel came out and said, you know, all like everybody in the organization knew about it. Uh, there was another player, but I can't remember the name at this point. Uh, so sorry to him, but thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the the three main players now, which is kind of weird that there's only three of them left in the league. Is there only three? They're basically the big yeah, three. That's that it. Um, yeah. Keith, Kane, and Taves. Uh, I can st- we can start with is Keith. Is Shaw still in the league? No, he's out with the concussions and everything like that. Oh, shame. Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, Shoot for the stairs. I don't know if Keith made like an official statement or anything. He basically just said he haven't heard about it until the investigation started. He said he he didn't know anything about it. Yeah. He said, I don't know enough to contribute for an interview. That's what he said. Okay. So he said, you can't interview me, basically. 
that the fact that that is the best statement out of the three is fucking it's terrifying crazy to me yeah <laughs> it is terrifying that's what's good um and then i also want to point out uh sportsnet had a video that is now taken down thank fucking Classic. christ um by oilers fan uh number one fan gene principe who's supposed to be an unbiased writer uh, how he was talking about if Duncan Keith knew that this all oh, he would have been the one to expose everything he would have he would have done right by uh, by Beach and and all this shit and it's like shut up like yeah. you don't know that he obviously knew about it so that chucks everything out the window you don't get he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt you can't give him the benefit of the doubt when he did nothing um, it's absolute batshit crazy and bullshit that you would try and paint a light on this guy because he's now an oiler. Um, Kane next. I want to save Taze for the end. Um, Kane and Taze had very similar statements in the fact that Kane was talking about how Bowman and McIsaac were like, they brought championships to the, to the Blackhawks and how they, Never did anything wrong by Kane and stuff like that. Which, that's that's great, Patty. I'm glad they never covered up anything for you. Yeah. But that shit does not matter. Everybody did. A, you know, they were always nice to me. Like, I didn't know anything about... 100%. It's, it's it like... is... That's the total thing of... Like, if a, if a guy, like, like, assaults his wife or girlfriend or whatever, and you're... Your your response is well, he's always been a buddy to me. Yeah, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, in this fucking realm of reality, it, it, what they do behind closed doors is the is their perfect picture of who they are as a person. What they do in public light means nothing if they're gonna do something the complete opposite in in private. You can say whatever you want, but in your actual uh, intentions and actions below, behind closed doors where no one's ever going to see it or when they hope no one's going to ever see it, it shows exactly what kind of men that they are and they're complete scum. Um, so, yeah, to say <laughs> I've liked Patty Kane and Jonathan Taze less now is an understatement. Um, no but the, the main one I have to deal with is Jonathan Taze. I don't know if you guys want to chime in. Sorry, I've been talking a lot this episode. But. No, Mike, you're 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 good, buddy. This kind of needs to be said, and you're killing it. So absolutely, go. Perfect. We'll help. Uh, so Jonathan Taves, captain of the Blackhawks now, captain of the Blackhawks. Then I don't know how you have like three days to, before you play a game, and probably a half a million dollar PR team available to you to whip up some sort of statement because you know you're going to get an answer and this is your response but Jonathan Tay is also complete scum uh, shocking like I said everybody in this is fucking scum but um, he was talking about Stan and Al about how great a guys they are and um, how they've done so much for Chicago the Blackhawks organization um he said that he doesn't understand why Stan Bowman has to lose everything because of one mistake oh. uh, after everything he's done for the Chicago Blackhawks organization. Oh. And he doesn't know by 
doing this, how this changes anything. Saying he's a good guy, and he's always... He's, he's, he's made Chicago a special place to be in. Are you fucking kidding me? This there's man two, is the captain of the team? There's two ways to... And I look at that. I didn't look at that like... Like, he has told himself this for so long that he completely believes that 100%. he didn't do anything wrong. Yep. Or... Or he's just lying through his teeth, like you know, it's just a lie, and he yeah. he knows. But but I don't know. They say it with such certainty, and they said it so fast. And to me, they're speaking against against everyone else, but like exactly with like all the like all those higher up execs, and mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it's eerie and awkward, and and it's clearly like an, a terrible sign that this is all just as bad as we think it is. And this the same kind of thing that was in the the Bowman uh, release. From the CEO Hertz or whatever his name was. Um, another thing that we've talked about Taze is he was a young captain. He was 22 years old. He was a captain for one or two seasons or something like that. Um, basically, belittling it to like, how could he do anything? He's a 22 year old kid. It's like, I don't know if like many people like realize this, but the amount of maturity and like, all this shit that goes into becoming a captain of an a NHL captain, team, yeah. especially at this young of age, this dude is mature. This dude had it fully in his realm of ability to say anything to anybody. And the fact that, one, he sided with management beside his own teammate. Yeah. Oh. Two, he does it now still. He's siding with management, who's no longer in the organization. This man could shit on Stan Bowman and have zero repercussions from this man. He could say, "Yep, Stan was, uh, you know, it was, it was absolutely brutal." Um, like whatever he wants to fucking say, I don't know anything better than say sorry to the guy, say yeah. anything. Fuck. It's like, oh yeah, it was, it was nice to hear him speak out. And then, what really? Like, okay, like doesn't like another thing. Bringing up saying it was he needs to lose everything over one mistake. Such a joke. Such a joke of a statement that he throws that in there. Um, but two, on like Taze's side of it, obviously it's not just what Bowman did and didn't do and how, how great of a guy Stan Bowman is, but Taze said that he didn't know about the beach incident until training camp 2010. So the fall, like after the off season, um, September of 2010 when it happened in May 2010. That would be all in well... If shit didn't happen during that training camp, that you obviously would have noticed. So, Kyle Beach has said a lot of things that, because he was only up as a black ace, so he was not like, you know, black aces tend to practice before the rest of the team, um, or after, or whatever, um, because in playoffs, obviously, you don't practice too, too much, but the black aces are basically on the ice all the time. They're not always with the team, though. So... Like, one, yes, it, it could have happened, or it did happen, obviously. It happened in May, and it could have circled the locker room during that playoffs. And, you know, he's he received a lot of homophobic remarks and all that, all that shit from the players. So it's not like the players, one, they didn't say anything, which, you know, that's a problem. But, like, two, that they just fucking dumped it on the kid. They bullied him. <laughs> this is like fucking it's the bullying worst type of bullying, especially yeah. it's your fucking brother. 
You have the exact yeah. same goal and the exact same team to do the exact same thing. You have to be a team, a brotherhood, a whatever. And you're fucking bullying the kid over this. Yeah. It's so disgraceful. It's unfathomable. Unfathomable. It's nah, fucking whatever. Close unfathomable. enough. Unfathomable. We, we, we gotcha. It sounds like a fucking high school problem. Like, it sounds like something that would never happen. And then the way it all, the way it's getting handled is crazy. I, I don't know, man. Just I can't, I can't imagine being a Chicago fan. What the, the uh, fuck, yeah. dude? But, sorry, just going back to the, the training camp point of how he knew about it. That's... He's, he's he's trying to minimize the situation saying, oh, I didn't know about it until training camp. That training camp was obviously when the majority of the remarks were chucked at him because one, the situation kind of come out within the organization and two, it was when Beach was actually on the ice with essentially everybody on the team. Yeah. And there was guys yelling across the ice asking him if he missed his boyfriend, insert the guy's name. Yeah. You imagine that? No. So, like, all these guys, like, who are currently in the league saying they knew nothing about it is a complete joke. They have tons of ex-players who have come out and said, like, yes, we all knew about it. Like, everybody knew about it. And so the fact that Taze is trying to chuck that under the rug, that he didn't know about it until three months later, oh, God, it's been so long, uh, and two had this all happen, he's the fucking captain of the team. And, like, everything in his interview is so just... He's not a leader. He does not embody any type of leader especially for a, a leader of a team uh that's supposed to be working together have each other's backs no matter what they're fucking boys and like i don't know what you'd do with it right now but i don't think he deserves a c uh i this is but but it's like how deep do you go with it and i know that like see to me he's a he's a huge factor in all this too but I I wonder where is the line of like how far back are they gonna go and like and fucking crucify all these guys for it? Cause like I, how far how far are they willing to? Cause I agree that they could they could do something like strip them of captaincy, but like I, I don't I don't know, man. Like that team's already in complete shambles. Like I don't. No, it's think true. That team it's, won't it, want that. And but like if I don't think if, like the guys who just got drafted the Blackhawks this past year or like two years ago, they're they're coming into their first training camp as like a nineteen year old or a twenty year old. And now they know about all this shit that happens. And shit. you walk in and Johnny Taze is your captain. No, you're right. Like, are you wanting to rally behind this guy? Like, let's say they turn it around next year and they fucking are, like, in a playoff game. And, and you know, it's like, oh, first intermission, they're down 2 nothing, and Johnny Taze steps up to make a speech. Like, are you, are you gonna fully feel it? Are you backing gonna this guy? It? Like, yeah. yeah, like, the, the captain needs to be a guy, like, one, obviously a good player on the ice, but, like your leader and like the guy you look up to and the guy you're about to like you break your neck for to block a shot yeah. like all this stuff like i don't know if if taze is that guy like how like how do you how get around it be? like i understand the point of the you know you don't you can't really cut everything out of everybody's life and, and all that kind of stuff but like just from a straight hockey point like how do you have this guy as your leader still yeah, yeah. that's a really good point like that would be crazy if he lost captaincy. I could, I could see it, but yeah. I, don't, I just don't think it'll happen. But I could see and, it. And no. Then, yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think it happens. Um, but yeah, just like another thing that irked me with with Kane and Taze's statements, they both got asked about Kyle Beach, and all their answers were about themselves. It's like, oh, what happened? Like, what do you think of like all this, like and all this stuff? And it's just like, well, Stan, Stan and Al were good to me, you know. 
uh, I, I've come here. The, the city of Chicago has been nothing but welcoming and, and all this stuff. It's like, well, this is not the point of <laughs> what you're being asked you. right now, good sir. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Um, there's still obviously stuff coming out. Kyle Beach literally said in his interview with, with Rick Westhead that, you know, it's just the beginning for him because he's still got the legal battles that Chicago's trying to... And so what's going on? He's suing them, right? Yeah. Um, and, and they already got fined $2 million by the league. Yeah, woohoo. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to... Yeah, ask. yeah. They yeah. Got, so they got they got fined by the NHL for $2 million, which... Okay. It's pennies. Yeah. That's, it's that's, like finding yeah, a guy 5K. It. Like, it literally does nothing. Yeah. Um... Like Arizona was like, oh, they 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 had a couple more combines throughout the year, and they got fined like a first round pick, and like all of this shit, and Chicago's got to pay two million dollars, two yeah. million dollars, yeah, like, it's fucked. God, that's that's changing the lights in the arena. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, but yeah. Oh, but yeah, that's. I think that about concludes my rant. There's gonna be still things that come out and stuff, but. Um, we definitely wanted to talk so about it. We'll probably it revisit that one. Yeah, we'll talk about it as yeah. we come out. But you know, we wanted to hit it now because it was a very big, big dark cloud over the NHL. And it's uh, another thing I had with like people around the league. Taylor Hall had a great comments about it. Um, but there's a lot of people that I mean, it really was just Joel Quenville in that same interview. He's like, you know what? We don't want to let uh, distractions into the locker room and stuff like that. Like this is not a distraction. Like this should be something you focus on. Like. This should be a, a full-on, like, discussion point, I guess. Um, but it's not just, like, something, <laughs> for lack of a better term, to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Like, that is not... Uh, that's not... Uh, I don't know. Like I said before we, before we started the show, I have a gazillion words to say about it, and I still feel like I'm speechless. Yeah, it's so true. Um, one, one thing that I... I would like to applaud i think a little bit uh and it's really interesting to see but uh, alex debrinkett's comments mm-hmm. uh, right away like he was immediately he was like yeah you know what like i think they made the right decision in parting ways with stan and all these guys and um you know it's just something that needed to happen like the, they weren't doing their job basically and that's awesome like that's great coming from a young kid still in the organization still uh in the nhl with with lots to prove so um, it really shows that like there is hope for kind of this younger generation coming up. Yeah, Kane's line mate can speak up properly and fucking yeah. say say a little something something right. That's another kind of thing. Like, um, like we talked about like the kids being drafted this year, but like, do you think Debrinkat like after his greats? Obviously, he wasn't there in 2010. He was probably 11 years old. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like, do you think that? He says that statement gets applauded, and then Kane and Taze come out with what they're saying, and now Debrink is ready to go die on a hill for Jonathan Taves. No, like he's like, okay, well, I basically just saw your character behind closed doors. And yeah, give like, the seat to Debrink it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seth Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one other person I do want to um, quick. shout out and, and applaud oh. is Paul Vincent. Um, Paul Vincent was, you know, not a big name in in, uh, in the hockey world right now, but he was the skills coach for the Blackhawks during uh, this uh, this event taking place. And Beach told Paul Vincent as the very first person that he uh, that he brought it up to um, in a hotel room in San Jose during the playoffs. 
and you know told the coach that that he had uh, been the victim of, of sexual assault and Vincent was the one that instantly took it to everybody at the front office um, kind of brought the claim to light and you know exposed everything and and kind of brought it up and you know there's a lot a lot of people like obviously he could have done more potentially but he did his job he you know he he heard it from the player told it to the front office and and wanted it uh to be dealt with and you know kyle beach kind of shares the same sentiment of you know paul vincent has been a, a huge guy in in defending him and, and getting it to the where they are right now and and uh and kind of revealing everything and putting it all into light so um props to paul vincent obviously to kyle beach you're a fucking warrior it's uh, it sucks that he had to go through this and and derail a career and a life because of it. And I'm glad he's finally getting some of the you know the repercussions that are being dealt out. But mainly, he's getting his story heard, and there's nobody accusing him of you know fraud claims or anything like that. Like uh, there's been an outpouring of support, which I'm assuming is very nice for him to finally have. Albeit 11 years later. But yeah, just uh, a horrible story. And I'm not too sure where to end it. But uh, a horrible story for, for the world of hockey. I mean, uh, there's, well, there's a lesson here, too. Like, yes. you know, you got to speak up and you got to back your teammates. Like, there's a bunch of lessons here. The way this whole plan, this whole thing panned out, like, there's a lot you can take from it. But, but like, oh, today, yeah. the, the, game, the game changed a lot. And we're going to see, I was thinking and talking to Mike, and I might have been Tay about this recently, just about how I, this could be, I think this could totally trigger a bunch of people coming forward or just like, like yeah. it's, it, it's huge. And I know, I know it's like, uh, it reminds me a little bit of the Theo Fleury story and like weird shit like this happens and like not often, but like the, just the, and just like w- where this is and who's all involved. Uh, you know, if, if, if people start coming forward, like it's, it, there's no better time in my eyes and like power to you and if anything's happening to anyone out there just like speak speak up and Mm -hmm. and and please have have their back do the right thing and really think about it because this shit goes on forever stays with people forever and if you don't believe me you watch that kyle interview and and just like yeah that emotion once you see it and you hear it you'll know like you know what what this guy went through and where he's at and and i think there's just a lot to take from this yeah like rick Rick westhead is a very very good reporter he's also a very I say this as a compliment, but like emotionless reporter, like he can handle all the hard topics without like any problem or any, any dealing with that. He had to take a second during the interview to like catch his thoughts and like wipe the tears. And like, it, it was a heartfelt message and interview. And I highly recommend it to, to go, to go listen to that. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention was, unless I think of something else, the, Kane and Taves, I think it was mainly Kane, but they brought up like how none of that kind of stuff, like there was no um, homophobic remarks, like that that wasn't our locker room, like that that wasn't that wasn't how we acted or anything like that. Oh, there's a uh, there's a photo of them celebrating the Stanley Cup, Kane and Taves in the picture. In the background, they got the whiteboard of the the Flyers lineup, you know, the forward, the defense, and everything like that. And then you got, I'm assuming it's Quenville's writing, twenty pronger. First pairing, Chris Pronger with for the Flyers. Somebody decides, I don't know who it was, obviously. Red pen is gay. Right beside it. Circles the entire thing. 
And that's in the photo that, that they are... It's in they, the photo of that them they're celebrating the cop. the cop. So the fact that you're saying that this was not a relevant issue or a, a thing that was discussed or like a topic of of anything that that would have gone on in your locker room is once again a complete bullshit lie because you were comfortable enough to have somebody write it up on the board and either another person circle it or the same person circle it and yeah just the disgraceful fucking everything just like (laughs) yeah i couldn't believe mike on that one but he was right he sent it right to me couldn't believe it yeah yeah uh, there's a reason Chicago Blackhawks tickets are seven dollars at the moment. Yeah, a bottle of water at a, at a Kraken game is more money than a fucking <laughs> ticket. No, not kidding you. Yeah, ten nope. bucks for a bottle of Dasani, and fucking yeah. <laughs> like seven bucks seven for a Blackhawks for ticket, a ticket game. Incredible. Yeah, and they're in, and they're in shambles. Unfortunately, they get their first win tonight. It looks like. Yeah, <laughs> but. Good it for did. Flurry, I guess. Fuck. Yeah. I would like yeah, to retract my statement of them taking third place in the central. Yeah, same. <laughs> it might happen. I don't they, want it to happen. They don't deserve it. Yeah. No. Uh, okay, are we moving on? Yeah. I think I think it's time. We might come back on the reply, but that's enough for today for sure. Good job, Mike. What do you want to go with, Tay? How about the Oilers having three goals on seven shots against oh, the Seattle Jesus. Kraken? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Outshot 18-7. Yikes. Yeah. I did oh. have another topic to kind, of, that to kind of bring Sorry. up. Um, it's also not like a happy, happy topic, but it's more positive. Um, and it's it kind of... Uh, I'll just get right into it. Um, so, obviously, we had the death of Jimmy Hayes over the summer. Um, his family came out and said, like, the results of the... I know the first autopsy was, like, they couldn't figure it out, but then they had another test where it showed cocaine and fentanyl in his system. Um, very extremely courageous on the family's part to come out and say exactly what happened. Um, Cause I know, you know, whether it be right or wrong, there's going to be a lot of people that hear about Jimmy Hayes's death or anybody's death. And if they find out that it was drugs or whatever, they're going to minimize it. You know, it's, it's, oh man, Jimmy Hayes died. Oh, he died of a, a drug overdose. Oh, okay. So like, what's next? You know, instead of like, if he died from like a heart murmur, or, like a heart, heart attack or something like, in his sleep, it's just like, oh man, it's like, like uh Colby cave. Um, yeah. He had that, I think he had like a brain bleed or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. No, you nailed it. Yeah. Uh, and then he, and he died in his, uh, in his sleep or you nailed it. Uh, yeah. Um, but he like passed away like basically that same day. And yeah. Super, super sudden. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, like, like, yes, the Colby cave stuff is like so horrific. And, and, but it, it's nothing to belittle the Jimmy Hayes thing. Well, like, it's a tragedy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and like addiction is like a huge, huge cause of death right now. I believe it's the leading cause in the USA. Number one in America. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, yeah, I'm just want to like say to the, the family that it's so courageous to come out and say that and bring more awareness to it. Even if it, even if some people are going to belittle your family member's death because of it or yeah. put a different cast of light on it because they have their own personal opinions. Yeah. Uh, that's not where I wanted to go with the story. That the kind of what came from that is the Players Tribune 
uh, article who they've they've released a lot of powerful powerful interviews it's basically just player written articles from different sports uh, but um colin wilson uh released an article through them maybe a week later uh so colin wilson i believe he only played in nashville and colorado he got drafted to nashville and i believe he stopped with the abs so but he probably played i don't know a good couple of hundred games probably four five six hundred games and he came out with an article in 2018 or 2019 basically saying that ocd uh he has crazy ocd and it it, it caused him to no longer play hockey uh and just kind of revealed his medical um issues and and why he couldn't play hockey anymore Uh, but he released a new one uh, about a week and a half two weeks ago and just outlined that yes ocd is a major problem for him and it's it's affecting his life right now but um a main big part was he's addicted to cocaine and it was a super foul for Reed. You know, he had he was he was mentioning a lot of of the day to day struggles and and what was going on in his life and how he couldn't get away from it, no matter how hard he tried. And um, he showed up to a practice before, like I think it was a morning skate or uh, some sort of practice the the next morning, and he literally couldn't see straight. And like he he just went absolutely hard the night before, and it was all just to essentially numb his brain to get some sort of normal feeling and away from his OCD. Uh, so they went like hand in hand and he fully mentioned in his story that he was fully afraid to come out with it in 2018 and, and just wanted to put it on the OCD and, uh, felt totally comfortable doing that because he didn't think that anybody else needed to worry or needed to know about like what his problems was, uh, and that he was fully addicted, but didn't want to mention it. And, he decided to essentially re-release uh, like a part two kind of thing um, because of Jimmy Hayes and Jimmy Hayes' family and, and the, the light they shed on it and about how it, uh, uh, I mean, how it killed Jimmy for, for a lack of a better term. And so, yeah, so he brought out this, this, this incredible article. Once again, go read it if you, if you, if you haven't heard about it or haven't uh, read it all, Players Tribune. Uh, you probably find it on Twitter or just their website. And yeah, so he, he's two and a half years sober now. So it's awesome to see that um, he's kind of got his life back on track a little bit. And um, he also says, you know, like like many people who are recovering um, from addicts or from addiction is you could be clean right now, but you're not over the addiction, right? It's always a daily struggle. Uh, but just because of the, the Hayes situation, it... it the, the main intent was to potentially save a life or save a couple of lives or just bring him more awareness. And I think Colin Wilson is just taking that and, and, and providing his extra step uh, about, you know, you don't know what people are going through and, and if you need help, get it. But um, yeah, it was, it was a really good read. Nice. Yeah, it was short read, like five minutes. You sent it to yeah. me. Uh, Fucking produced a tear tier by the end. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was it was a crazy read. And it kind of goes into the things you hear about, like, the, the dinners and, like, the... And, like, how, you know, how this how this partying for a young hockey player, like, how it seeps into, pretty, like, all, pretty much all their lives at some point. And you, and you kind of... A lot of the, and, like, he talks about how it's always there. Like, you know, he's, like, it was always around and stuff like that. And it's so it, it brings to light, you know, that it's just, like, how, how normal this... And, and like, kind of... 
this crazy lifestyle these guys live and to, to live it so young everyone has to kind of go through saying no to this stuff and on that level when it's like always there and and you're going dealing you, everyone's got mental health issues nowadays or, or you, you might be dealing with that as well as the physical toll and and so it was crazy to read and it was crazy to hear and it, it just brought yeah it just it, when he was describing his day to day, it was really powerful. I was like, man, because I could, I could picture it. I was like, man, yeah. I bet you, I bet you, a lot of like hockey players are almost exactly like that. Like it sounds, it sounds exactly what it would be like. So I was like, man, that's that's crazy, and and just good for him. Yeah. Um, uh, I think next on that one. Yeah, I think one of our last topics. We can go to a more positive note and stuff like that. We've. We dove into that it's pretty been, lot. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we had to talk about it, but it was yeah. a somber episode for sure. 100% needed to be talked about, though. Yeah. Um, Vegas. Vegas Golden Knights with, you know, the worst transition ever, but it had to oh, be. There's no way to do that, probably. There's no, there's not. Yeah. There's no way. Um, How about Vegas, <laughs> Vegas is the, <laughs> is the latest team to be uh, all aboard the Jack Eichel trade or uh, an, an acquisition and train. Yeah, there we go. All aboard the trade. Um, yeah, Vegas is it, honestly it makes the most sense for Vegas. They're a team that's looking to win the cup, but has very little center depth, which yeah. is a key component of winning winning the cup. So it makes sense. Like obviously, the Rangers were kind of the head team at the beginning. They signed Zibanejad to a gazillion dollars, so that's not really going to happen. And Vegas has some guys that. Buffalo's interested in it, obviously, or they should be interested in it in, in the very slightest. So, obviously, none of this is going to be confirmed unless it's actually traded, but as with all this Jack Eichel stuff, it can change in a day and a half. But it looks like Vegas, as they should be, as the, is the front runner. Yeah. Uh, I think a, a main key they should be getting back is Shea Theodore. I think any trade that they do should start around Shea Theodore. Yeah, there's it's really nobody non negotiable at that point. Yeah, it's... there there really should be nobody else that Vegas or that Buffalo is targeting from that team that makes sense for the Sabres. Yeah. You can do this crazy package and uh, prospects and picks trade, but then Buffalo is just taking on all the risk again. Yeah, and they've totally. barely clear, clearly shown that it developing their prospects has not been great for them yeah so you need to get a for sure nhl talent that will be an impactful player on your roster set in stone no matter what so you don't go absolutely barrel out of this trade yeah so Indeed. shea theodore is a perfect like there the other option to just kind of start a trade around would be peyton krebs uh i think we all think he's going to be a, a good nhl player and could do good things for them but once again he has no traction as a for sure fire NHL player. Yeah, he hasn't and proven. He hasn't what proven he can anything. Do. Um, so that's why Shea Theodore, I think, is if, if Vegas is not willing to get, willing to get up to give up Shea Theodore, you just you just hang up the phone. Yeah, Vegas is not going to have a top five pick that becomes super valuable. No, they're going to be picking in the the high twenties, the thirties, um, and I yeah I think. Plus, you need to get you basically for Vegas. You need to get rid of ten million dollars in cap. Yeah, because you are a cap strap team who seems to always be able to fit an extra twenty million dollars under the cap. <laughs> so if you're bringing in Jack Eichel, he's got ten million. Um, Shea Theodore, I believe, is making five or five and change. 
I think the other piece that goes with that is like a Riley Smith pending UFA or an Evgeny Dadanov who's making five as well. If you're giving up Riley Smith, I, I and with the full caveat, if Riley Smith goes to Buffalo, Buffalo is flipping Riley Smith to somebody else at some yeah. point between now and February. Yeah, definitely. Because there's no point to keep him there. Well, that's not true. They're doing really well. Okay. Expecting <laughs> them to fall off. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if they're doing really well, they don't need Riley Smith. Yeah, fair. But yeah, getting, getting Shea Theodore leads out a back end of Theodore, Dolan, and Owen Power. Which I which, think is a perfect stepping stone to start an elite defense. Yeah. You've already got two elite defense in there and a number one overall pick. That without anybody else, without any other prospects, well, like that's dynamic. Why yeah. the why the sudden heat up on the trade deal with Vegas? Is it because is it because they're not doing as well as they thought, or is it because like, I think why is it all of a sudden heating up? I think they probably were in there at the beginning, uh, and the price might have been way too high. And now yeah. they're realizing with all their injuries that, oh, wait, we still have zero center depth. Like, right now they're rocking William Carlson, who's out with a broken foot. Yeah, just broke his foot. Chandler Stevenson, who has shown time and time again he's not a 1C. Yeah. Uh, so if you bring, in, you bring in Eichel, you got Eichel, Carlson, Stevenson down the middle, which is a, a cup, a cup contender right there. Yeah. And then if you trade away Theodore... You have Petrangelo, you have Martinez, you have Zach Haig, you have Zach Whitecloud, who just signed a six-year, $2.5 million deal, yeah. which I think is huge for this deal as well. That's a nice deal. Yeah. I think if, if you're going to give up Shea Theodore, you need some assurance that guys are going to be there. Zach Whitecloud, six years, that's huge for this deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's five right there. And then you have... Uh, McNabb. McNabb as well. That, that's still six without Shea Theodore. Yeah. A pretty solid six. Yeah, uh, especially with Haig and White Cloud being pretty young, they can still grow into higher roles. Yeah, and they will too. Yeah, I fully believe. I, th- I think White Cloud is instantly already a bargain at that at that price. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's why Vegas makes so much sense is because they're in a cup window. They need centers, and not even like two, like one center. They need like a couple of centers. <laughs> I, I heard yeah. something. I heard something about it maybe going to a grievance or something like that. Like pretty soon, it might be like get, getting that bad. And then, like, pretty much days after, it was like, I heard all this stuff. Like, oh, trades are heating up. Trades mm. are heating up. Like, maybe he's going soon. And so I was wondering if that was a factor. Because I was like, you know, I was wondering if maybe Buffalo was like, things are kind of looking up, like, to this week. Maybe if we, yeah, you know, like, maybe yeah, we don't sure. need this happening too. But I don't know. And then I also heard that they will let him get the surgery he wants. Like, I that it's already yeah. a determined thing. So, you know, it sounds like it's all looking up. I'm kind of, I'm rooting for him just on that fact. That he can yeah. get that fucking surgery finally. But yeah, that's kind of exciting. That's if things are finally looking somewhere out of the down in Buffalo. Yeah, man. I Honestly, I would not be like super optimistic until the trade actually goes through. No, because no. I believe it when it's I see been, it. Yeah, exactly, right? It's For been sure. like a week and a half that they've been like, okay, <laughs> Vegas, is, Vegas is in. They're going to make a pitch for Eichel. It's going to happen. He's going to Vegas and then yeah. nothing. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my my thoughts were like uh, Theodore and then Riley to to round out the cap essentially. Um, chuck in Brandon Brisson, who is their twenty twenty first round pick, and throw in this year's first. Yeah, I think is a pretty fair deal. Uh, or if they want to chuck in Dadnov, because Dadnov still got three years, including this year, I think. Two. Two years, uh, at five million to get rid of that cap, uh, you just chuck in an, an extra sweetener 
because obviously dad knows not most likely not gonna be able to be moved again uh, unless yeah. he really heats it up or something because eh, a little shaky yeah. um but yeah i think like a a theodore dad maybe brisson has to be upgraded to krebs yeah because krebs seems to be the more surefire also he's under contract so it's not like he can leave after four years and maybe a first or something like that yeah i like it yo um can i change it quick can we talk about the st louis colorado game yeah or do you not please. want to because <laughs> that was another classic the hoes just got to touch on that one um yeah you want to hit it because I, I honestly just saw the highlights I, I was like working that night but it killed me when i saw what happened i have I no I idea what you're i have no about. idea what you're talking about either <laughs> was the, oh bennington what was the car oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Was, okay, it's their okay. only loss of the season <laughs> jesus guy five and one and yeah, Bennington like, up to his old shit. Like, I don't even know what happened. Like, did Kadri run the net? Like, you were like, he comes out and swings his stick at him. Like, I don't know. It was the same. I'm watching the same thing I watched last time. You fully brought up a point, then chucked it to me, and I had no idea. <laughs> no, you could go with that. Well, um, yeah, it was so, like a Colorado game. I yeah, was like, so, you probably watched it, didn't you? Yeah, so yeah. what happened was um, somebody was coming down the right wall. Can't remember who it was. But Kadri and... Might have been Martinez. Can't remember who it was. They were like together going towards um, the net. Wasn't Martinez. Fuck. It was somebody on Vegas. Somebody, some defenseman on Vegas. Vegas, St. Louis. Fuck. That's, that's why I was confused. <laughs> okay. It definitely was not Martinez. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's weird because we were just talking about Vegas. So, Kadri and a Blues defenseman were basically hugging all the way down on like a two on one, two on two. And they crashed into the net maybe slightly touched Bennington, but they're both like literally looking into each other's eyes, like going towards the net. They're both stopping and battling and there's no intent of, they probably didn't even know where the net was. Right. Uh, they hit the, they crashed the net, knocked the post off a little bit. And then I think the shot from the wall comes in, hits Bennington in the pad. And it goes like basically straight to kill Makaru, puts it in the net, but the net was off. <laughs> the net was oh, off. Okay, so there's okay. no goal. Um, and, and then the scrum ensued? And then, yeah, and then the scrum just ensued. So um, Bennington didn't even look pissed. So obviously, Kadri and the defenseman, who, to be named later because I don't remember, not Martinez, uh, <laughs> they went through the net, through the post, into the back wall, and they were just like arguing with each other. And then Bennington just turns around slightly, if any, got hit a little bit and comes in with the two hands over to, to go after Kadri. And then a big scrum ensues, and Bennington chucks his one or two punches and and, and peels and off. Because peels off. Peels off. It doesn't. Yeah, it's oh, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm cozy. We're you know, I'm not mad at all. And he grabs the puck and just flicks it at uh, at Kemper. Who Kemper? Little little known fact about this. I think Kemper was like already standing at the red line. Yeah, he was like, ready. To he go. was ready, and I fucking love Darcy for it. <laughs> That's um, sweet. Because he was gonna fuck. Bennington would have been put in his place. I don't think there's a goalie Someone's that finally. Got to. I don't Someone's think Bennington could to. fight a single person and win. Uh uh-uh. uh. Another goal. Well, well, when will we ever know? We won't because he'll never let it happen. It reminds me of Ray Emery, the way that he the way that he like walks down dudes, but like then yeah. he peels away. It's like it's a disgrace to <laughs> yeah. being a tough guy. Like it's just not exactly not what it is. And then yeah, so he flicks the puck and the ref like grabs him or like steers him back towards right, his net. Right. And uh yeah, Kadri's just like standing there now, and he just like fucking lets the stick go and swings it at his chin. 
And they see and, the refs, uh, the refs kind of be like, "What's he? Oh my god!" And like they get, <laughs> they get in the way because it looks scary, and then nothing yeah. like they don't no connection. But but there's no like there was no big brawl or anything like that. It was just like the initial like scrum behind the net, and then they uh, kind of just separated to go to the next draw. And yeah, then Bennington does all of that, swings a stick, and it's probably a foot away from Kadri's face, like eye level, but like just didn't get there enough. Which I mean, like that's so dirty for one. Um, yeah, no kidding. There's no way you know you're sick like that much to know like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna like wind him a little bit. There's gonna be a little little breeze. Yeah, so funny. And uh, yeah, so then they are essentially trying to figure out penalties and they give Bennington 10 minute misconduct, which was served by Bortuzzo, I believe. And they give Kadri 10 minute misconduct for something. Nothing. He didn't really do nothing. anything. And yeah. Bedner's face on the bench was the most like confused, angry. And like, I could pop off for a 50 K fine right now. kind of <laughs> look. And it was incredible. It was like, Kadri like could not believe he's like what like i i crashed a net got hit by three guys and then we went our own way and then i got a stick swung at my face and didn't do anything he was just like oh like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like it's not probably like he, had, he didn't the, jump bennington or anything yeah it's the he, least he'd ever done to get a 10 minute misconduct yeah. and he's just like he even after the game he's like oh i guess i get penalties for talking now so because uh, he yeah, was sitting but, on the bench like the rest were trying to figure it out for I don't know, three minutes. And he was just sitting on the bench the entire time, not thinking there's going to be offsetting 10 minute misconducts on this yeah. play. Uh, he gets the weirdest calls. Like he's gotten, he's gotten uh, like, well, he's one know, of those rats of the league. that's just going to be yeah. looked at a lot more than like, you know, who they are like, yeah, Marchand two, and two weeks ago, he gets hacked in the shin and gets a diving penalty. Um, <laughs> last season he got like, like choked out from behind on his way down to the ice and got, I think he got diving for that as well. It's just, there's just so many made up calls on this guy. It's, it's wild. Like, yes, he does his fair stuff, but he's not, he's not diving or, you know, all this (laughs) made up shit. If he's going to do something, he's popping a dude in the head. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. I just thought it was fucked up that Bennington is still leaving his net for like no reason. And oh yeah, he's just. I was just like, I don't know. I think it's such a weird thing. And then they're asking about the swing uh, in the media after the game or whatever. And he was like, he said, "I don't condone stick swinging, but I do not take it back either." <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> like okay. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like greasy. Like I don't know. I just like I just think he's like. I don't get him. I wish he'd actually drop the mitts. I don't really know what he's doing. I guess he that's his way of firing up the boys. But, like, if that's what he's trying, like, I just, I'm picturing people seeing that on TV, like, kids, and being like, yeah, like, (laughs) then when they're at their game, they're, like, they're just fucking swinging sticks at kids, like, for attention, basically, and to rile up the team or whatever, but it just, like, I don't even get, it just seems so childish. I don't really get what you're doing. So, I think it's weird as shit that he keeps doing it, and, like, I don't know, like, I thought, he didn't really get a penalty for it then, like, I I guess I misconduct that was served by someone, but... I don't know. I just feel yeah, like I see goalies get penalties. He gets, he gets get a 10 minutes, for... and, but it doesn't do anything because he's a goalie. No. Yeah, okay, yeah. weird. I don't know. I just thought it was a fu- Like, what the hell, Bennington? That's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, he's a snap show. 
Too many times he's lined up, been ready to fight somebody, and everybody's like, "Calm down, little guy." Dude, someone's gotta run him. Someone's gotta give him like so, a real, a real a Ryan Lula. Miller, Lucia, Lucia, <laughs> Ryan Miller. <laughs> Just send him and then look and then see, see what people do. But oh fuck, someone's got to even, or like dust him something. I I just want to see this guy like actually be put in his place once. Oh, I would love that. Or something. Me something too. Great. You like anyway. what's gonna happen when they inevitably lose five straight? Besides winning or losing one game after going six and one. Yeah. Like this team is not good. I don't like they're six and one now, and I fully believe they'll bottom out at some point. How about some of these starts though? Like good and bad, man. Coyotes. I haven't won a game yet. Fucking knew it. Yeah, that was not surprising. <laughs> yeah, Flames and the Oilers sit atop the Pacific right now with the Sharks right behind them. Holy shit. <laughs> you can take that wow. in your pipe and smoke it. There's, uh, yeah, like third to eighth in the Pacific is 10 points, 9 points, 8 points, 7, 7, 7. So always that, is, though. Yeah, right to yeah. the final whistle every year. So fucking well, always a big race on the bubble there. Um, yeah, some funny ones. Man, Kane's looking amazing. Uh, Florida looking amazing. I wonder how the coaching change is going to affect that. Yeah, well, there, he's... Uh, he gone. 1-0-1, oh, I think, the new guy? Uh, with yep. the Panthers, 1-0-1. Yep. Oh, and one. Andrew Burnett. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Sweet. X-Av. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're exciting, man. Good hockey there. Holy shit, the Barkov and the Panthers are, are on fire right now. Yeah. Yeah, who had uh, Carolina finishing fifth in the Metro? What an idiot that person was. Oh, that was me. <laughs> Dude, oh, fucking boy. phony D'Angelo. Eight no. Phony's doing Phony's doing so good. Yeah, he's unreal. He's got like seven apples or something. It's it's wild. Everybody in the Metro is over five hundred. Yeah. Like that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Fully expected. Yeah. Poor, poor Columbus, man. Poor Columbus. Any other division, and they'd have a chance to to do well. But I, I think they're just, uh, yeah. Just we didn't better than I thought. Out on a couple teams. Them and yeah, the Flyers definitely. are doing better than I thought. Actually, and they look better than I thought. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. playoffs end right now when we got uh, Tampa going to Buffalo in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Great match. Oh my god. Yeah. Who knows, man? And Detroit heading to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wild one. Yep. Well, like any start goes. of the year, though. Yeah. Hey, like we yeah. haven't really had a we haven't really had a eighty-two game schedule in a while, so it's nice to nice to see that the longevity will probably even things out. Like once Vegas yes. is, uh, you know, healthy, and once teams kind of figure out, like once Toronto decides they want to win some hockey games, like yeah, like things will even themselves out. But it's just yeah, it's a it's a weird one right now to start. Yeah, a lot of these like top teams like. Vegas, Colorado, Toronto, Tampa, you know, so much was made of their ugh, bad start so far. They're all 500 or above already. Like yeah. they, they, they've come back. We're only 10 to 12% through the league right now, depending on how many games teams have played. There's so much more left in this season. Um, there, there's like really nothing you can take from this right now, besides teams getting gaps of leads that, will help them in the event that they go and lose four straight down the road. Yeah. It's really all it is right now, the first 20 games or so, is to generate some sort of cushion. Yeah, that's true. In case, in case injuries happen or whatever. You can uh, already you can already feel the heat the heat on, on Toronto, though, eh? Feels like oh, a, yeah. Every, every like, yeah. fifth post is just like, Marner's fucking the dog again. <laughs> or something like that. Like It's just like, yeah, like, what can you take from this first couple weeks, right? Like, not really much, but I could feel the panic button already getting, like, 
yeah. the, the glass cover getting pushed up from most of these teams. Like, yeah. what are they going to do? So it's kind of funny. The pressure's on some places already. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. We got uh, a hockey game to get I'm to. I'm going to shred so. a game yeah. of ball hawk here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, not as entertaining as uh, we usually go for, but... Um, Sorry, it was a bit glum. If someone yeah. if someone doesn't like our podcast, probably the same amount of laughs this episode as the other episodes. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely a topic we needed to talk about, and uh, I have no regrets on talking about it. It's something that uh, had to be brought up, and we'll we'll see how yeah. the NHL reacts. You know, if if they actually take action, great. If they're just trying to survive this news cycle until something else comes out, then shame on them. But um, we'll, yeah. we'll 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 see where it goes from here, and you know, there's. Um, we can always speculate on what's going to happen, but we will always wait and figure out what's what's going on and bring you all the news on Hoser's panel. On Hoser's panel, goddamn uh, right! Hey, quickly, big shout out to my uh, Victoria Admirals U15 team. We went over to Kelowna last weekend for for a tournament and finished second. Um, it was it was a good hard fought hot uh, second place uh, finish. So. Good on them. Uh, I know a couple of the boys listen, so I just wanted to shout them out. Yeah, you had to play men from fucking Langley or whatever. That does not allow East Kootenai. Yeah, East Kootenai. The farm boys, like 6'2", 200 pounds each at 14 years old. So (laughs) wasn't a ton of fun. But, you know, we'll see them again in provincials. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Keep keep working and always listen to Coach Day. He knows what's up. (laughs) He's boss day. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, fellas. Uh, That was fun. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. Till next time, Hoosiers.